Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now. I'd like to introduce my next guest by using a quote from their commencement speech at Cottage College in 2017. It's important it that people important understand what keeps sure you awake at night and how it is that they can help you realize it. This is certainly a reflection of her life story thus far. She's lost count of the number of presidents that she's met and the amount of times that she's been invited to the White House. Just about everybody that you know in the world that is changing the narrative socially and politically knows her. Everyone from Bono to Obama, Yvonne Chaka Chaka to the president of the of NBA Africa, Chimamanda Ngozi Adige to Farid Zakari, former president of Obasanjo to having high tea with the former first lady, Laura Bush of the United States. That's just a brief summary of some of the people who know her work and are fans of her work. She's also a multi-award winning advocate for youth and gender. Some awards include the 2017 New African Woman on the Rise Award, Library of Congress Award. She was awarded with Mrs. Obama's Let Girls Learn Award and made the Forbes 30 Under 30 for ones to watch that are changing the continent. Yes, I said it, 30 Under 30. So she is pretty young. She was a 2017 Cottage College commencement speaker. She has also addressed the UN General Assembly, Women Deliver Global Conference and Travel around the world as an advocate for young girls in Africa. Did I mention that she's also a global youth ambassador at WaterAid, Women Deliver Young um, Leader, and a youth advisor to the UN Women's Civil Society Advisory Group. She also serves as the vice chair of the Global Youth Empowerment Fund Board for, uh, for trustees and Women Deliver Board member. All this for a young girl from rural Kenya that was raised in a single-parent household who, if she never got an education, would have had a story that was totally different. Who said that you can't imagine your life? And who said that your life start, your life will end where it is that it starts? Vivian Onao is definitely somebody that's changing the narrative and she's making everybody's dream valid one day at a time. Vivian, I can't even believe that you're under 30. Seriously? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think it's all about having a passion. Yeah. And uh, understanding what your passion is and how you can make a difference in your community. And looking back, coming from a village and uh, seeing so many other young girls mm. who would have loved to go to school, mm. who would have loved to have the same opportunities that I have today, mm. it reminds me of my purpose. It reminds Every one of us of our purpose mm. in our community and where we come from. And uh, for me, it's been access to education for young girls. Yeah. Um, having come from a community that did not appreciate girls' education, and many girls were married off at a young age in exchange of one cow, one goat. So how did how did you avoid all that? You know, because like you've mentioned, you came from you know a village, and you know young girls were just seen to basically be married off. What was it that made your childhood different? Um. I can't say my childhood was very different, but I think the what differentiated me from my other cousins is the fact that my mom at the time when she had me, she did not have as much education. Mm. And I think through her struggles, mm. uh, challenges in life, she saw it necessary for me to have an education. Mm. And actually she moved from the village and we went to the Kisumu. Mm. Um, so through her mega earnings from my grandparents selling fish to her selling milk, selling secondhand clothes, she was able to put me to school. Mm. But because she could not afford um, 
to pay for my tuition, the teacher saw the potential in me. I was a student leader. Um, I participated in different co-curricular activities. I was on top of my class. Um, they saw the potential in me and allowed me to stay in school. So whenever students were sent home, I'll go, I'll go, I'll be sent home with them, but I'll go to the gate and then wait and then come back to school. Um, but I had to prove myself. I had to bring something to the table for that exchange, which means I had to perform. I had to stay on top of my class, but also maintain my leadership, uh, uh, responsibilities. So, um, that is what enabled me to be able to continue with my education. And then I got sponsors. My school helped me to get sponsors. To go to Cartridge. Yeah, exactly. So one thing led to another. And here I am today. Um, I actually have goosebumps. I think like sometimes, you know, it's like you know somebody, but then you don't. When you hear their story, you forget what it is that they came through, you know, because it's so easy for people to look at the, not even the end product, because you have so far to go Absolutely. still, you know, and for people to look at it, but they don't actually know how hard it was for you to get to where it is that you were. No, which is very, actually, what you're saying is very interesting because people have always had the assumption that I belong to an elite family. Or like your, your parents were diplomats yeah, or exactly. politicians or so, who, who does yeah, she know? I know, right? So they open any door. Um, oh, I want to talk to someone, so they'll open yeah. that door. Oh, mm. I want to go to this place. They'll make it happen. Mm. But the reality is, I don't even have a manager because people have also asked, oh, so your manager mm. is really good. He gets you to the right places and all that mm. stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't have any manager. Um, this is just my passion. And one thing has built onto another. Nobody knows my mother in Kenya. Nobody knows my family in Kenya. So mm. I am just a regular person who is very passionate and who has a purpose um, mm. and has been fortunate enough to get an education and using the education to open doors for others. Wow, that's amazing. Now, your commencement speech was awesome. I think it was so amazing that they flew you out because I think you arrived the morning of the commit, like an hour before, right? Absolutely. So uh, first of all, it was it was nerve-wracking. It was exciting. Lots of emotions when I received the call of even would like to have you as a commencement And that was speaker. where you actually went to school, exactly. not too long ago. Yeah, exactly. It was three years ago. I was, yeah. there, I was like, man, what am I going to tell these people? And yeah. I just left there three years ago. But uh, a year after my graduation, I won the Beacon Award. So I was awarded the Beacon Award for the work that I'm doing by my, nice. by, by my college. Um, actually, I was the youngest that year. Mm. So, and then... Um, I had already been invited to go speak at the Mandela Washington Fellows Regional Meeting in uh, Nairobi. So I was like, how is this going to happen? I have to finish my keynote in Nairobi, get on the next flight. And there's no direct flight that will get me from Nairobi to Wisconsin on time for the commencement. Yeah, exactly. So I had to fly to Joburg. So I finished my speech in Nairobi, I think at like 11. Then I had to fly from Nairobi to Joburg. I got here in the after, late afternoon, took the evening flight from uh, Joburg to Atlanta, Atlanta to Wisconsin. I got there an hour before the event yeah. commenced and I had to shower. Yeah, so I just yeah. like literally got off the plane and straight on stage. Um, mm. But it was such an empowering moment. Yeah. Um, and I like the, the clap. The empowerment um, the clap. The empowerment clap. I was like, I even tried to do it. I'm just like, you know what, Lee, you're just useless. No. I just respected myself. <laughs> empowered. Empowered. Again, again, all. So, you know, with graduations, most of the time, 
I mean, I remember my graduation. Like, people slip through those speeches. Yeah. So you have to figure out how to make it interactive so that um, people are engaged and yeah. listen to what you're saying and stuff like that. Because most of the time, people slip through gra- gra- yeah. graduation speeches. So I wanted it to be more interactive and more yeah. involving. It was really stuff. good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I um the reason why I was really excited about you doing a commencement speech, um, you know, as I was doing research around you, is that I feel like, you know, obviously in America, I think, not I think, but commencement speeches are such a big thing. Very big. Everything from, you know, um, everybody, sorry, from Bill, from Bill Gates to, to Oprah Winfrey to JK Rowling, they all get invited to do commencement speeches, you know, Denzel Washington. And more often than not, it's people who've like kind of lived their life. Absolutely. For the most part, you're just starting, starting out your exactly. life, but you've had, you've had a career that your career speaks of somebody who has lived you know, you've lived many people's lives, so to speak, you know. But I think um, also another thing that you did mention that was quite interesting, you mentioned three key things while you were studying, um, you know, wh- when you got into um, into Cottage College. You spoke about the importance of being a volunteer, the importance of not being afraid, um, you know, not being, I mean, being humble enough to start anywhere, but not allowing anybody to just take advantage of what it is that you had to offer, Absolutely. you know. So talk to us about where you've seen those um, th- those sort of life lessons play out in your own life um first of all i think everything started from volunteering back mm. at home um helping kids with homework helping my grandmother's drying the maze um volunteering at hospitals uh, volunteering at kenyatta hospital i did hiv aids outreach with the uh, with one of the uh, clinics in western kenya mm. Um, so for me, it's always been volunteering, mm. volunteering, volunteerism, um, that spirit of giving back, mm. serving people. Mm. Um, I think that's that's what my life is all about, serving mm. people and making a difference. So, and it's been taking advantage of any opportunity to volunteer, to mm. pay forward, um, to help somebody else. And that's what has opened many doors for me. Mm. Um, it's not because I belong from I belong to an elite family, which is not true. It's not because I'm the smartest. Yes, I yes I'm smart, but you're, you're smart. Exactly, there's so many other smart. <laughs> no, but honestly, there are so many other smart and talented yeah. young women out here. Passion. I meet them on yeah. a daily basis. Um, so for me, it's been that passion mm. and. Uh, that passion and drive to make a difference mm. that has opened doors for me. Mm. And also when I said um, you should not allow yourself to be t- taken advantage, to be honest, I see many, mostly young women, right? Mm. They're very smart, they're very driven, but they don't know how to quantify their worth. And you find that most of the time people take advantage of them mm. as a result of that. So, yes, you can start from somewhere, but that doesn't mean that people can take advantage of you. People can walk over you. You should mm. always remember who you are. And know that nobody's doing you a favor. Okay. You're there because of your skill set. You're there because you're smart. You're there because you know what you're bringing to the table. And you should own your voice and mm. own your space and know your worth. Mm. Doesn't mean you're arrogant. Doesn't mean you're being rude. But just knowing yourself and being mm. articulate about that so that mm. People can also know how to help you because if you just then everybody's pushing things towards you, then they're like, oh yeah, she's just there. But if you speak and stand up for yourself, people can know that, yeah, you can't joke with Lee, man. She's yeah. going to be like on your case. Like, she's going to tell you back like that, yeah. right? But in a very respectful and in a very humble way. So mm-hmm. for me, it's what I was trying to tell people is that own your voice, mm-hmm. know who you are and spell it out. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you're being rude and doesn't mean you're being mm-hmm. arrogant, but mm-hmm. you just let people know who you are and mm-hmm. how you need to be treated yeah. and rewarded for the w- work that you're doing. 
Yeah. I mean, for the most part in your career, you definitely have been celebrated by a lot of people, but I'm sure you've been in rooms. You don't actually have to say the leaders' names or anything where you've, you know, where I suppose when you walk in specifically in Africa and it's like, there's this young girl, she's beautiful, you know, who, you know, who does she really think she is when you walk in and you, 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 you go there and kind of lay your case. And, you know, when you're fighting for young girls and when you're fighting for gender equality, have you ever been in a situation, um, you know, where you've had to basically, how do I say it? Like you've basically had to lay the facts on so strong when there was a powerful person in the room. Absolutely. Um, even without naming names, I've been to several events, I mean, by mm. now. And uh, I remember one, this particular incident. I'm sitting on this table with this very powerful guy, um, one of the powerful leaders here on the continent. And uh, the conversations are all around how beautiful I am, you know, my mm. hair, my what, my legs and all that stuff. And then I'm like, oh, Asa, um, you know, the conference is about sustainable development goals and uh, looking at the statistics and how we need to uh, we need to bring young people to the table and the role that young people have to play. And he was taken aback. He was like, wait, what are you even talking about? Like, I think for them, it's just like... Oh, they weren't pre- expecting yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that is the... That is always the, what is it called? The confusion or mm. the mistake or whatever that people have when you, they see a very talented young African woman. And mm. that's we need more of us out there, mm. people to know that we are there mm. and we are smart, we are talented, we are beautiful, mm. but we are driven and driven. we know what brings us to the spaces and what to bring to the spaces. Mm. So, and I think that's why it's important for us to change the narrative and let people know why you're there and the role that you're playing. Mm. Um, because... If I played along, I would be denying many other young girls the an opportunity to be in that space yeah. because, yeah, no, they just come here to smile and all that stuff. But if I remind people why I'm there and the value that I bring to that conversation and discussion mm. and the, the discussions that are going on, it creates opportunities for other, other young women. But if I play along then I'm closing the door for others. And mm. that's not the reason why I'm in those spaces. Now, I, I, I heard a TED talk about um, Martin Luther King. And in the TED talk, they were, well, it wasn't about him. They were talking about the power of procrastinators, but the, I digress. And they basically were speaking about Martin Luther King's um, I Have a Dream speech mm-hmm. and about how it was only minutes before he said that I have a dream, he said the speech that he actually had the line, I have, I have a dream. So it was kind of like almost last minute because it was all, you know, remember the whole situation around it yeah. and all. Now, you know, it just made me think of, um, I think your address at the UN General Assembly, because I can't imagine anything being more, I cannot imagine anything being more intense, anything being more, you know, having, feeling like you're carrying the weight of so many people on your shoulder. Mm. So before you went up, I want to know like what it felt like the moments before you went up to make that speech, because that was done when you were even younger Absolutely. <laughs> than when you I, did the commencement I, I, speech, I, I, you know? Absolutely. So um, just like talk to us about just the, the process of just before you go on, um, you know, before you make these addresses to world leaders, specifically that UN General Assembly speech, because I, I remember I watched it over and over again. You literally went up and you were like... You had this moment where you, you know, you, 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 you had a command of the room. You, I, you looked at everybody in the eye. You, but you kind of took your breath, and then it was like somebody else came out. Absolutely. Okay. To be honest, I always tell people, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. So, being on those stages is always like the way people like going to a club and all that stuff. Yeah. That is always me. That's nice. always like my moment. Yeah. But it, it's always very humbling because. Before I get on stage, I remind myself, why am I here? 
who am I representing? Mm. And is this the best way I can do it? Mm. So, um, and just going back to my speech uh, uh, at the UN General Assembly, mm. it was such a, I mean, it just, when, before I went on stage, the first thing was like, man, um, where I came from, I never saw this. And I knew yeah. I was going to be a leader probably in my 50s, 60s, whatever. But I didn't know that as a child, be a age, yeah, yeah, exactly, I'll be able to address world leaders and be able to have these kind of conversations with them. Mm. And uh, it was a very humbling moment. And uh, I had my speech ready. I was panicking, to be honest. I was very nervous. Um, and then I go on stage, and yes, I was still very nervous. And uh, after I said my name, and I looked around the room and everybody was paying attention. And uh, it reminded me of the power within us, the yeah. power in our voice, the, power, the, the immense power within us to make a difference. Yeah. And uh, to bring the world to a standstill so yeah. that they can listen and make a difference. So it was a very humbling opportunity for me. And then, yeah, so I went through my speech. Um, and then when I was done, uh, yeah, I stood around, everybody was clapping and all that stuff. And I got off stage and I started crying because, wow. I mean, coming from where I came from, yeah. I never saw myself standing at that mm. place. And I've not seen so many people like me standing at that place, to mm. be honest. So doing that at such an age, um, for me, was very humbling. Mm. But it reaffirmed to me that um, the power in believing yourself, the power of hard work, mm. the power of having a purpose, mm. and the power in our voice. Sure, There's I like that. so much power in our voice that yeah. we, most of the time we take for granted. Yeah. But through our voice that we can start making a difference in the community. Sure, I really like that. Because when I watched that speech, I could, I could just tell that there was... There was the speech which was phenomenal. You executed it brilliantly, you know, like you executed it like somebody who was like 20 years your senior, possibly even better, actually better. But you could also tell like it was this contrast between this powerful person and then this young girl, you know, this, this like almost this village girl who was living like a dream that was like beyond. So it was amazing. It was so awesome. Now also, you know, just, um, you know, when we speak a little bit, um, just from that particular speech, you had a mentor who was there. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't quite get the name of the mentor, but just talk to us about the importance of having a mentor and the mentee relationship. And I ask this because sometimes, and not in a bad way, somebody will say, they'll sit there, they'll be like, you ask somebody who's your mentor, then they'll say, Oh, you know, President Barack Obama. And I'm like, I love Barack Obama. He's amazing. But if you don't have access to him, how is he your mentor? Exactly. There's like this weird thing about like, if you have a mentor, oh, my mentor is like Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, but have you met her? Do you have like regular? Like, so <laughs> talk to us about, first of all, who your mentor is and how that relationship started. Because it's normally very personal. And then also just the importance of a mentor in, in, in the life of a, of a young African girl. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've had my mentor for the longest. So, right now I have a couple of mentors. Yeah. But I'm sure I, everybody's like, can I be your mentor, baby? <laughs> yeah, and I have a couple of mentors, but my mentor, Peggy Peters. Yeah. Um, I've had her since I was in high school. So, mm. since I was like second year high school. Wow. So, it's been more than eight years. That's amazing. Yeah, and today's our, today's our birthday. So, yeah, oh, exactly. Nice. So, no, it's... It's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful journey. Yeah. And uh, having a mentor is very important. Mm. More so for young girls, it's very, very important. Mm. Um, Peggy's like a mother to me right now. Mm. I mean, she always check on me all the day, every, every day. 
She knows where I'm traveling, what I'm doing. Um, and she's opened many doors for me too through her networks and what. And she's always that person who reminds me of my purpose and my role mm. and my journey. But mentorship is you have to build a relationship. I think, yes, we have all these figures that we admire and we wish mm. we were them and all that stuff. Mm. But mentor, having a mentor, somebody you can relate to, mm. somebody who understands where you come from and you understand where they come from. Mm. They understand your journey and you understand where... It's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, mm. most of the time we think of a mentor, oh, it's somebody I'm going to get from. But if you want your relationship to last, you're, it's it's a... It's a give and take relationship. I bring something to the table, you bring something to the table. It cannot be at the same capacity mm -hmm. because age difference, experience difference and whatnot. But you have to bring something to the table. Even if you're that person will be like, Oh, I'm sorry you're sick today, yeah. Lee. You'll get better. I'm praying for you. Yeah. That means a lot. Oh, I know the business is not going well right now, but I hope things catch up pick up and I'll keep praying for you. Just Somebody you can motivate and some it's those little things that make a difference. You know, people mm -hmm. listen that oh it has to be money uh money focused or who do they know? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, exactly. But sometimes the little things that make a difference. And um when I used to stay in the US I stayed with my mentor the whole entire time. Nice. Yeah, and whenever I go back to the, to the States I always visit her because we've had now that relationship, it's more of like a family thing. And that's why I tell people, um, whoever you want as a mentor is somebody you can access. Somebody you can resonate with somebody uh, you can email and you'll have a response or you can call and have a response but all the other people you can admire them but you can't say they're actually your mentors because mm. the relationship is is very personal it's yeah. very personal very intimate so mm. but mentorship is really important and i'm i'm glad that i have i have my mentor and i have all these other mentors mm. who are helping me down the line to navigate different spaces and navigate mm. different stuff that I want to do. Um, but it's really important. It has yeah. changed my life. And I, I'll wish for every kid to have a mentor, nor even adults. I'll wish for them to have mm -hmm. a mentor because of the difference that you can make in your life. Mm. But I know so many people reach out to me and like, oh, I want you to mentor me. I want you to mentor me. And, and like, how do you say yes or no? It's just like, because it's weird. It's like, I'm sure people even DM you and you're like, exactly. I don't know. And the thing how is am I like, going to be your mentor? Exactly. And the thing is like, it's not only young people. It's also the older people yeah. who want you to mentor them. Yeah. And to be honest, if you want to be effective, you can mentor more than two people, to be honest. Mm. Because the time commitment, yeah, the time yeah. commitment that you have to invest is a lot mm. um, to actually see the person um, have the impact that they want to have or have the change that they want to have in their lives. So mm. I tell people, you can reach and ask me questions um, and I'll try and help where I can. Mm. But honestly, I can't promise that I can mentor everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can try through my social media to be... to it's be yeah, yeah, exactly. But also to have that direct contact with people and stuff yeah. like that. But I, I don't think I can commit to mentoring so many yeah. people. So I know... I wish I had the capacity. I wish I was able to. Well, there was like a thousand Vivians, then maybe. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, that's why I ask my friends if they're willing. But also, you can't just throw somebody to another person. Yeah. Oh, I want you to mentor that person. Yeah. There has to be that bond. Yeah. And you have to know people over a period of time for you to build on to that yeah. relationship. So, yeah, I, I tell people I'm always willing to advise. I'm always willing to help where I can. Mm. But to be honest, I can mentor yeah. a lot of people. So now let's also talk about because. Um, 
for lack of a better, and this is just a weird analogy, when my sister hears this, you know Ugandans, they're going to be like, couldn't you have asked a more educated question? But anyway, here it goes. <laughs> you know, um, you know, for lack of a better um, analogy, um, I feel like, okay, so in the continent, I feel like there's a, there's a situation where a lot of politicians want to be rock stars, for lack of a better example, or, you know, and so when you go to award shows, a lot of them are like standing out there and they're really about being famous. You know what I'm talking about. But now, um, your life from all the people that you have met and all the things that you have done and all the access that you've had you you literally in a in a way to some people it may look like you live the life of a rock star and i feel like with the and i don't believe that at all you know because i know of all the hard work you do but with all of the the access that you have and with all of the people that you get to meet you know how do you differentiate between those who are going to be close to your life and those who are not going to be a part of your your inner circle do you, do you know what I mean? Because obviously by now, I'm sure like the whole world is kind of attracted to you and everybody wants to kind of talk to you and they're like, oh, if I can, if Vivian can do this for me, you know, how do you differentiate between that? Especially because I can see that you're very, by nature, you know, you're a very kind hearted person and you want, it's your nature to want to help people. But how do you protect yourself in that situation being so young? That's a very, very good question. Um, so... Do you mean when it comes to the people that I meet, or when people? When it comes to people that you, when when it comes to people that you meet, so let's say um, a combination. I think from high-profile people because you know people tend to follow success, or when it comes to just average people, you know that you meet um, who want to, who kind of are like, oh yeah, Vivian. Hey, what's up? You know, can you show up here? You know, because I'm sure Absolutely. because of because of the work that you do, you can't just be everywhere. Because one mistake is is a mistake that will affect your career. Absolutely, no, I totally agree with you. So when it comes to meeting people, um, I tend to sort of like meet people in the same space um, mm. that I'm in or the spaces that I'm interested mm. in and um, try to keep away from controversy because, mm. I, I mean, I don't I don't even know how to manage controversy to mm. begin with. So I, and I'm, I'm always very clear with people where I'm meeting them. Um, this is what I'm working on and I want you to join, come on board mm. or support in any way possible. Yeah. And then I maintain those relationships. Uh, and that has been pretty much easy. I think the problem has always been with uh, the younger people mm-hmm. um, because people need to be realistic. Just by meeting me, I'm not going to change your life in a day. Please say that yeah, again. Exactly. Or yeah. just by having a conversation doesn't mean that things are going to transform. Mm. So people have to be realistic. And I think when people have over expectations, mm. like they have they're over expecting from you by not being realistic then mm. they get they get um they get discouraged and uh they think that you don't want to help you don't want to be a part of what they're doing but as i also said i can only do so much mm. i am one person i would love to help so many people uh, if i had the capacity and mm. i'm building on it i'd love to help so many people mm. but i'm also one person and I have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I don't even have a day at time to call my pa- my mom. So, um, from it's been really hard to know who is very genuine and not mm-hmm. genuine. So, for most of the time, I just ask people to send me more information about themselves so that I can dig deeper and get mm-hmm. to know about the person 
before I can make an introduction or before mm. I can actually do anything with them. Yeah. Because it's true, you never know people's intentions. You never know. Yeah. No. And and also I can imagine because I, I mean in my mind, I think I said it to you before. I probably said it to you twice and then when we interviewed um Mami Von Chaka Chaka, we said the same thing. It was like, yeah, Vivian's gonna be president of Kenya. We're all like Vivian's gonna be president of Kenya. So I mean, you know, even just as you I mean, I ask this question because I feel that it's important for young girls to know the decisions that you make personally on a day-to-day, depending on where it is that you want to go in the future. And so I'm sure that you can't just, what other people can do, you can't just do that. Absolutely. And uh, I would love to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I also have to remember the the people that I represent and who I represent mm. them. And it's a sacrifice, to be honest. Mm. And I know people will look at traveling and the people that you meet and uh, the people that you meet and they'll be like, oh, she's living the life and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And to be honest, a lot of sacrifice. It's a very lonely life. Mm-hmm. Um, you're always traveling, but then also you have to be mindful of the people that you're around and all that stuff. So it's a very, leadership is very lonely. Sure. Leadership is very lonely. Yeah. And it's a sacrifice that you have to make if you know what you want to get out of mm-hmm. it. Um, and for me, it's all about making a difference mm. and it's about creating opportunities for other mm. deserving young African women and young African girls. Mm. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's about being disciplined. It's about being focused, uh, having a passion, having a purpose, mm. knowing your path, uh, but also being humble enough to ask people and seek for advice when necessary. When need, yeah. Exactly. And that can be from younger people. Can I mean, I talk to everybody from younger people to older people just to gauge them and know the realities of life, mm. but also get their advice and whatnot. So being humble enough mm. to seek advice when necessary. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's not everything that people see on social media. It's it's not just about the travel and all that stuff. There's a lot of preparations that goes beyond this, be, behind the scene before you actually even get to travel and before you actually get to a, that stage. And that's all sacrifice. Maybe your friends are having a party, but you can't go to that party because you need to do this research that you need to present at the conference and get your information straight or because you need to do something, some other commitment. So it takes away um, from your personal time um, mm. that you're supposed to enjoy and have fun. But I enjoy what I do. I'm not mm. complaining. I really enjoy yeah. what I do. Um, I'm at such a happy place doing mm. what I'm doing. And it's so obvious. Yeah. I mean, I do. I'm it's obvious. T- like, you know, there's some people who when they step out and they do their work, I think there are very few people in the world who are like that. When they do their work, you can just kind of you can just see that this is this is what they were born for and you're one of those people you know there's a there's a level of like all the world everything just balances out together which is amazing Thank it's such you. it's so amazing now let's also talk a bit about some of the work that you do um around um young girls in africa around um you know the, the whole gender um question within the continent uh for you wh- what do you think are the biggest challenges that we're facing you know because uh, like i like what you said you said that every time um that there is a you know that there should be no oh, i'm trying to get the quote right something like there should be no conversations about youth without youth yes, yes. you know and also i feel that the same thing should be said about young girls in general you know there should be none of that so what are the most important projects that you're dealing with that you feel are like the biggest threat um to young african girls um in this day and age I think poverty is very big. Mm. Um, as a result of poverty, most girls are not in school. Mm. Um, it has led to early child marriage, early pregnancies. Um, it has led to 
um, health complications for young girls, mm-hmm. but also it has led to young girls being taken advantage of by mm-hmm. older men. Mm-hmm. Um, for as cheap as 50 runs and stuff like that, which is very sad because no girl should go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there needs to be necessary investments when it comes to girls' education, but also policies in place. Um, yes, because a lot of money is being put in education, but I think it's the accountability that needs to be in place to make sure that every child has an access to education. Mm-hmm. But that moment that a girl will get pregnant and the person who impregnated them will pay the family some small money so that they cannot report the matter to the police, then it starts sudden. It gets really... And is that something that you see happening quite a lot? Absolutely. Even yeah. here in South Africa, yeah. um, in the rural areas, yeah. I mean, the teenage pregnancy in South Africa has been on the rise for the past three, four years. Yeah. Um, the numbers have been going up and uh, some... One of the key one of the key reasons for that is because of the poverty, um, and these girls are even impregnated by their teachers. So no, yeah, yeah, so that's very sad. So that's just in South Africa. Look at places in Niger where child marriage is on the high, mm. um, and uh, yeah, it's so sad. They're not allowed to vote, but they're able to get married. It's quite a I know, right? Yeah, but also at such an age, you don't even understand yourself. Mm. You don't even understand what's going on with your f- physical body, mm. your emotional body, and then you get all that pressure is just sort of like thrown at you, mm. and you need to juggle all that. I think it's really hard. All of a sudden, you move from becoming a child to an adult, and you don't even understand yourself to begin with. So. I think there's a need to be more investment in girls' education, uh, but also policies and laws need to be in place to curb uh, teenage uh, early child marriage, mm. uh, which continues to be a major issue. And it's actually interesting that the other day I was reading this article, and it's not only in Africa that we are facing early child marriage, even the US, mm. early child marriage is an issue. And uh, so. It's something that needs to be addressed, but yeah. it's just not going to be conversations. It has to be um, collaborative efforts with the government, yeah. to the private sector, yeah. with the civil society organization, youth advocacy groups to actually have a difference in the community. Yeah. But sure. yeah. And now, um, just before we, we let you go, because I know that you, uh, you did get quite busy. So I'm glad that you came through. Um, just a few questions. There's, um, you know, I, I'm, for me personally, one of the things that I am really passionate about is this whole situation about leadership, specifically where the continent of Africa is concerned, obviously, because this is where we are. Um, what do you think, you know, of the state of leadership in general within the continent, you know, in terms of the leaders that we have? Do you think that they're doing a fair enough job? They're not doing a fair job? And how do young people get involved to make sure that, you know, that, that they're better represented? To be honest, I'm very excited of uh, Africa today. Okay. Um, young people are more are awake, more awake than they've been ever before. Yeah. And uh, they're demanding the best from their leaders. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we have the best leaders, to be yeah. honest. Um, but at least we... The accountability by young it's people and the civil better. society mm. organization is becoming much better. Mm. Um, people are becoming more vocal mm. um, and speaking out there. Mm. So I think that's a step forward. Mm. But as young people too, we need to continue arming ourselves with the right information so that we can have the right leaders in place. We can't say it's the time for young people to lead when we still have 65 and 70 year olds being our MPs and senators. Exactly. And, they and should be go- retiring. I know, right? And being our governors. And <laughs> yeah. we 
are the ones electing them because Africa today is more youthful than it has ever been. It's like over 60%, been. I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's below the age of 30. Our yeah. median age is 19 years. So sure. it means that we young people are the ones putting those people in power. Yeah. So, and uh, that's reflective of us. So how do you make sure that we get the right people in power so that we can change the whole face of leadership on the continent? Mm. But I think this new wave is very exciting. Mm. It's very promising. Mm. Um, I just hope that we can continue having that freedom where mm. people can ex- freely express themselves and uh, have access to information that they can use to empower themselves to make the right decisions. So yeah, so it's an exciting time yeah. to be an African and to see everything that's happening on the continent, but the face of leadership really needs to change though. So talking about the face of leadership changing, I'm going to like, you know what I'm going to say. She looks like she's about to run out the door. <laughs> do you ever, I mean, do you ever see yourself as running for president? I'm not saying like, I mean, I would say I'm not saying like in four years, but your career has been so fast. <laughs> Nobody ever knows. But do you ever see yourself as running for president? If yes, uh, why? And if no, why not? Okay. Um, good question again. Um, I don't have an answer to the question. <laughs> that means it's a yes. Because <laughs> if it was a no, you'd say no. I respect that. Don't like I said. Like I said, I will. I will somehow get involved in being your campaign manager or something. Besides, I my judge lives that. in Kenya, so I'm sure I can get some sort of citizenship somehow. <laughs> yeah, you can be my campaign manager for education project, for water projects, yeah. youth empowerment projects. Yeah. And, yeah. That's amazing But I really I mean I'm really Looking forward to see Where it is that your life goes Like I said You've had an amazing life You know We could really talk forever About everything that you've done And and I know that you've met Like a lot of amazing people And part of the reason Why I didn't want to ask you About all those people Is because In my mind I think that they were more amazed When they met you And when they sat down And spoke to you You know Because you only get access To greatness Because people think That you're great So that's amazing Thank you so much (laughs) Thank you so much I really appreciate it Thank you you're so cute you're like oh you're like blushing so when am i having chapati you're just kidding that's another offline i'm not actually kidding <laughs> i'm not because i had some whack chapati the other day i'll make you good chapatis yeah i know i can see i can see i'm waiting chapati by the way is like yeah if you guys make me proper breakfast i'll make him oh! <laughs> that was a deal with him at the at the producer so the story is that vivian agreed to come to this interview in the morning if she got breakfast and i thought because vivian was coming i'd get breakfast too i think i even messaged you i was like mm-hmm. oh thank goodness i'm also going to get breakfast you came here nothing this is the problem with african men you know i'm telling you they, they over promise and they under deliver <laughs> I'd rather you under promise and over Exactly. Thank you so much, Vivian. And thank you again. Congratulations on all that you're doing. Looking forward to just, you know, following your story. And I know for definite we're going to just keep talking to you um, about a lot of things. I did want to ask you about the two elections, two presidents, and the oh current God. situation in Kenya. You but don't I know want you to get me rumbling on that. Do you want to ramble? No. I get too personal. I don't want to be shut out. <laughs> when I get to the airport and they're like, oh, you've been denied access to your country. Okay, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. We'll just leave you as an advocate for now. But when she runs for president, she will be addressing all of those issues. This has been an amazing episode of Africa State of Mind. Thank you so much, Vivian. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs)